Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You need to know exactly where your food's coming from. It's the, the clientele that write the menu every week. Keeping your eyes open and your ear to the ground essentially and listening to what people are growing. The integrity, that, that provenance, that ability to not just know where something came from but to really know the, the ins and outs of how it was raised is really important. G'day and welcome to another Capital Cookbook 3 podcast. This is the Quicksand Food Connection and my name's Stefan Postuma. Today I speak with Dan, Sam and Duncan from Barrio Cafe in Braddon. Barrio is a fantastic little community cafe. They roast their own beans and they pay a lot of attention to the style of coffee they want to serve and the way that they serve it. They're really involved with the community, putting on numerous events that involve local producers. And they also gave us the recipe for their fantastic beef terrine which we put in the Capital Cookbook 3. And they're just great guys to talk to, and I really enjoyed our conversation. So I hope that you also enjoy my chat with Dan, Sam, and Duncan from Barrio in Braddon. You know, obviously you guys all have experience in hospitality and were working with the guys at 2 Before 10 and chose to go out and begin Barrio. What, I mean... I'll direct this question to you, Dan. What what was the sort of conversation between you guys like, you know, when you were developing a concept for how you wanted this cafe to be? I don't know. It it felt like it came together really organically. Um, We were talking about ideas and especially with focus on coffee, how we wanted to serve coffee uh, and present a certain style of coffee and the things that were exciting to us um, and a space that would facilitate that. Mm. So this, I guess that sort of started when we, I don't know, we, when we really wanted to, to do our own sort of thing and it felt like the timing became right with Braddon at the time. So, mm. um, and Sam's brother, Joey, and the cups and things like it, it all sort of came together within a couple of months, it felt like. Yeah, um, and yeah. and uh, again, we got kind of got lucky with timing with, with a space that was available mm. and um, with the right source uh, sourcing of the right coffee as well, we, we sort of started to get yeah. to know the right people um, uh, and then find the, the sort of the cleaner Colombian coffees that were really starting. That was the big thing for me when we tasted some coffees that were really quite out there for Canberra. Yeah, for me, anyway, I remember yeah. tasting one coffee and then like my mind was sort of made up of on what I wanted to do with that. Yeah. 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 You know. Cool. Lots Um, of, we had lots of conversations probably about coffee style of of service. Um, They just grew out of years of being around coffee, I guess. And then there, there definitely was a short amount of time when that conversation came to an actual concept, which was 
like a pretty simple idea, pretty simple neighbourhood coffee bar idea, um, playing on kind of the, the raised bars and just a simple approach, like um, really accessible to everyone, but where we were doing, bringing together the absolute best that we could, um, having the, the handmade aspect of, of the ceramics and everything, the best coffee we can find, really good milk producers and yeah, okay. um, food producers, um, but just keeping it as a really simple like neighbourhood coffee shop, yeah. I guess. And I think there's the scale, like the size of this place, it's, it's very small. And yeah. as you say, that, that sort of facilitates you guys being able to really focus on yeah. doing things well. Yeah, that, in yeah. some ways, it, it forces us to. We can't, we can't do, we can't do everything in a space like this. You know, we, we can't even offer forty-five different types of milk or anything yeah. like that. So that focus was something we wanted anyway. So being forced to do it kind of takes it out of the equation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and you know, there's a good reason I think to to try and push a certain direction that we were definitely talking about early on, and yeah. maybe we couldn't do. In, in a place that wasn't our own. Yep. Yeah, so a good time for that to mm-hmm. happen, yeah. Cool. Um, when you sit down together and, and, and have planning meetings before a place like Barrio opens, like, is there, is there chats about sort of the division of labor? Like, Duncan, you know, how, how did you guys go about mapping everything out about, okay, so how are we gonna roster ourselves? How are we gonna, you know, who's going to spend the time doing the roasting and who's going to write the menus and and mm. and who's going to do the accounts and who's going to do the you know advertise for staff and all that sort of thing is that is that a tricky process no i think it was for us it was kind of a natural thing really like there were never any like we never really sat down and planned it out together i right. mean like mm-hmm. for roasting sam had the roasting experience yep. so it was obvious that he mm. would do it um and then like accounts and things like we all just chip in and do a little bit like I've got my background is in like economics and analysis and things so I like I guess I took a bit more with the accounts and things like that and then like with the food like it just naturally that was like Danny's area so it just kind of all really came together like as a yeah 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 I don't think that we ever planned it out specifically it just yep. kind of fell into place which is really cool. fortunate I think mm. yeah that's that's it's probably a lucky thing because I, th- I think that in some hospitality situations maybe on a larger scale than this but there's a group of investors who all might have different ideas about yeah, yeah. what needs to be done there's people with different levels of experience and expertise and work ethic and those sorts of situations can be very tricky before we were talking about your guys' approach to coffee and doing something a little bit different, how do you go about finding beans that are something different that people aren't aren't necessarily used to? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. We I guess we're quite specific on things that we like, certain characteristics of coffee that we like that then mean that it doesn't matter where the coffee's from. Um, or what the coffee is it's just got certain characteristics that we like and a lot of that is really about um, like just being clean coffees like clarity like we um, and then finding ways to roast and then brew it that um, kind of show that off yeah so um, like we're generally drawn to I guess similar sort of profiles in in coffees and they're ones that have 
a, a nice amount of richness, a nice amount of acidity, a little bit of fruit character, um, so that then it can, like for people drinking it, um, you're getting those characteristics and it's not sort of based on the roast, it's based on the, the coffee itself, maybe. So, okay. so we always just try and find coffees that will have certain characteristics and, and just roast them to mm. kind of... That's interesting. Not, like not just enhance them, but just let them sort of be, I guess. So mm. um, we're definitely drawn to, you know, nice acidity, nice um, clarity, nice sweetness in yeah. coffees. So. And so, like, when you're looking for beans or if you're thinking, I want to try something new, how does a coffee roaster go about, you know, you've got different suppliers and, and are they the people that keep you abreast of new beans yeah. coming in? And yeah, we're super lucky. Like, Australia is pretty great now. It's never been better for sourcing quality green coffee. Um, so we mainly work with a really nice lady who works for Silo Coffee Store in Melbourne. Yeah. And she's does, like seriously a phenomenal job um, between uh, producers and Australian roasters right. like tailoring people's sort of needs so amounts and, and styles of coffee that they want and just filling in this huge kind of gap so we can do a lot of and they work mainly in a planning way so they don't import heaps of coffee and have it sitting there and then kind of send out uh, samples to choose from what they've got on the shelf sort of thing it's more about um planning ahead and pre-shipment samples so then they're only bringing into Australia what they've already lined up to mm. sell to roasters based on what the roasters need um, so she's like so Silo's great for that they're, they're just a perfect fit for a business this size where yep. we're not huge amounts so we can take the time to really be choosy with the coffee that's cool um, and then there's all kinds of other options as well um, like the Project Origin guys yep. um, they have a really really diverse range of coffees on offer um and always lots of interesting ones and super fresh ones so um yeah there's no shortage of avenues mm. to get green and then it's just a, about what you need and how picky you can be and how particular yeah, yeah. Cool. um a variety out there yeah like, yeah there's great. heaps there's heaps um, on offer. i think it's it's interesting what you were saying before about the way that you approach serving coffee here and roasting it is allowing the beans, like the quality of the bean to, to shine. Yeah. And I think one thing that people that aren't edu that educated about coffee and myself also is that when you drink a cup of coffee at a cafe, it's not just an expression of how the farmer grows his bean, grows and processes mm -hmm. their beans, but it's also an expression of what that roaster likes to do with yeah. with those beans in, in the same way that the chef treats a product when he's making something and you see more and more in kitchens people like having produce driven menus where it's I just want a, a good product and, and mess with it as little as possible yeah. to allow yeah. the expression of what the producer yeah. does to, to come out as much as possible Yeah, and that's really cool yeah it, it, and you see it like as well with with wine there's a lot more wines available now that are more um, distinct or different and it's not necessarily saying that they're um, like a better glass of wine than, than, than another glass of wine but there's something about the actual character of that wine that's different and the story to it and yeah. like how it was how it was sourced and mm. yeah it's it's a nice way to eat and drink and enjoy mm. coffee and I think the thing that's important here is at the end of the day like it, it doesn't 
really matter as long as people are just getting a nice cup of coffee like nothing's no information is being rammed down anyone's throat or whatever yeah. it's just like it's just a cup of coffee like yeah. let's just enjoy good coffee yeah yeah um, i think so we're pretty we're pretty lucky in canberra with the, the quality of the coffee here i think in australia we're pretty lucky as well i say that everyone that i reckon australia's got the best coffee in the world mm. you know we, there's so much attention to detail and there's a lot of good coffee in, in other places in the states yeah. and, and and things like that but you've got to look for it yeah you know, you, yeah. you got to know where it is but in australia like it, more and more you're seeing your standard cafe like not your standard cafe but just you, know, you can you can guarantee that you're going to get a pretty good cup of coffee yeah. on most streets like this one here in yeah. Brooklyn, like yeah. In Brooklyn, yeah. So. yeah yeah um i was going to talk about how how the service style here you you, you mentioned it a little bit before dan um duncan this this is a small space and you've got a little bit of outside outside seating and, and stuff and Mm. It feels like, uh, like Sam mentioned before, it feels like a, you've built a really nice little community where yeah. every, everyone knows you guys as, as the owners. I think that there's, yeah. you know, a lot of the larger scale um, hospitality places, the owners aren't the regular faces of, of that business yeah. quite a lot of the time. And yeah. yeah, so sort of how do you see the community around, around you guys and, and, and being a part of that rather than sort of sitting back as an owner and, and, and running the business from outside? Yeah, sure. I, like it was always an intention that we would be a part of the community, and it's set up so we can have that interaction with people. And like from the very start, like using like using Joey for the ceramics, or local artists, or like Tom with the furniture and things like that. Um, it was so it was always kind of our intention to be here and be involved and get to know people and yeah. things like that. Um, and it, I think it's just. Like this, like at the bones of it, this place is kind of like an extension of ourselves, you know, it's mm -hmm. a really personal venue. So I think like we need to be here and have that interaction with people and, mm -hmm. and like talk to people about what we're doing and, and then it's all really just flowed from there. Like mm -hmm. being here, you just get to know people and, yeah, and take an interest in people. Like, like you say, uh, you know, the ceramics and the, and the furniture and, and all that sort of thing helps to develop that community but another thing that you guys do which is a bit different for uh thing places that are primarily daytime cafes is put on dinners mm. and and do and do these local collaborations and stuff like that do you want to tell us yeah. a bit about some of the things that you do and how that sort of reinforces the community around you yeah sure yeah i think yeah. A, a, like primarily <laughs> like a lot of the best ones we've had i think have been some of the simpler sort of stew nights they've been our favorites yeah. the last mm. few times and gumbo and uh, goat stew and bringing in local winemakers to they've been the most fun actually having the winemakers roll around the room mm. talking yeah. about their product because again their product is an extension of themselves as well so yeah and there's so much love in this community for that local product and pretty lucky that it is a world-class product in, in a lot of ways so um, for us to be able to put on something simple like that and make it really approachable and not feel like too stuffy and mm. feel like a space where you, you're in the winemaker's living room and he's just chatting yeah, that's the beauty of it yeah. it must be so personable in here when you know yeah. you know it might be a cold night outside and you've got a hot stew yeah. and a yeah. nice glass of wine and it's pretty you're literally too. sitting next to the winemaker. Mm. It's not like they're standing up the front of a yep. big audience at yeah, a lecture. Yeah. 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 It's, it, it's very personal. Yeah, we have, um, Brian was in here from Ravensworth and he was pouring each glass himself the night he was in. Every there single glass. Yeah. Like in, and that became a point of the night of him actually walking up and 
and, and giving a little little spiel for each glass that he was pouring and it mm. was fantastic and I think from the first one that we did um, with Sam wasn't yeah, it Sam yeah Sam from Malaluka yeah, yeah yeah we were we were addicted to it you know that mm. was cool and it took the pressure off us so we could actually enjoy the night as yeah, well yeah that's really so, cool yeah yeah and we probably we'd like to do a few more before the yeah. end of the year and you've um, done so you did another a hot dog night as well yeah, yeah, yeah. that was out of control yeah they're really good for a few reasons like the community yeah. the community thing is the collaboration thing with with some of those events is awesome because it's so natural yeah um like it just happens from daily conversations with people people that are coming in here that have ideas and, um and it's great from the just creating a community spot like when you've got dozens of people out in the gutter eating hot dogs like they've brought their own wine like that's that's so cool yeah um yeah it's i don't know we just get we just get so so kind of much out of it mm. as well and they, that particular one the hot dog one and also the burger one is they're also really good tests in kind of like social media and and organ like putting on events and, mm. and seeing what kind of the the power of of, of that is like from one Instagram post you can book out a night or you can get it's interesting, you know 200 it? people yeah, show that's up that's why it's like, kind of cool for a space easy. like this where you where, yeah. where you don't you've got a limited amount of stuff you can do like you're not yeah. going to try to serve you know 400 people whereas yeah. Yeah. With, with some of the larger events that take a team of people to plan and whatever yeah. I think some of them might be you know thinking well oh geez I hope we can sell out this event or yeah. whatever it may be but it seems like for, for, the, for these small things that you guys do with the space that you have yeah. you know it's, it, it's not as stressful and you, you, yeah. you know you're not you're not really thinking geez we really need to sell this one out because it's it's more than just an event where it gives you an extra stream of income because you're trading at night or yeah. or whatever it may be. It's 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 more about getting the community involved and yeah, meeting right. local producers yeah, yeah. And, and that sort yeah. of thing as well. Yeah. So. yeah, and I think that's taken some of that risk away because it to us uh, the events were never about um, an increasing revenue. Yeah. You know, um, so you take that out of the equation, it makes it a lot easier to make that decision to say, yeah, let's do a hot dog night you know let's do a ramen night yeah and it's and cool and you can do the cool sort of out there a bit more alternative sort of stuff in a place yeah. like this yeah. as well yeah. it doesn't have to cater to you know a mass audience and be a fine dining affair like yeah. you can do yeah. hot yeah. dogs or ramen or exactly. whatever get away with just a one dish kind of evening and yeah it's it's no pressure on how how much you do which is really great mm. so. I think yeah. you know from reading your menus and stuff as well you do make use of the great local produce that's available around Canberra, yeah. um, and having events like that also really facilitate community interaction with yeah. producers, which is sometimes rare for people. Unless you're a farmers market shopper or mm-hmm. you work in hospitality, you might not have much interaction with the people that make stuff. So yeah. you know, people might read menus with you know the eggs that you guys use or yeah, yeah. the cheese project or yeah. Pialigo Estate bacon or whatever it might be but the knowledge stops at you know the what comes to them on their plate and they don't really read into it any further but once you gain an understanding of the passions of the people that put, put those products together it gives you a different appreciation and connection to yeah. you know the broader food community around in Canberra yeah, yeah. 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 That, that is for sure a, a point of communication that um, we're putting a lot of effort into and more and more people are putting a lot of effort into like uh, kind of 
sharing that story like it's it's a super important thing um but it's also like it can be just a really natural like once you engage with people like once you're you're talking to people and and have regular faces and everything then you can have those information kind of sharing conversations within a really casual way Mm. people just people can come in here for weeks before they actually ask like man, this milk's so good, or whatever. And then you can be like, well, yeah, that's it, it. it comes from here. It's amazing. You guys want to take your milk yeah. yeah. So what are the main milk, milk suppliers? So we're using the three closest to Canberra, essentially. Right. So we're using um, uh, Bedella's milk, which is uh, unhomogenized full cream yep. milk uh, at very low temp pasteurize. Um, then we're using Pines from Kayama and Tilbers full yeah. cream. And so they're all unhomogenized and they're all pretty simple. Um, bottle they're all like fairly low producers as well low quantity producers yeah. so we have issues with supply and it's one of the reasons we use all three um, but also because we couldn't choose when, mm. when we started yeah. yeah we kind of we disagreed but in the right way like they all had their own sort of elements and yeah we each had a different tasting yeah we did yeah we come to where the kids are yeah the kids milk tasting yeah. yeah milk tasting sounds like fun it was yeah, pretty good. Was, yeah. And the problem yeah. was that we all had a different favourite. Like, we liked them all, but we all liked different aspects. Yeah. Which isn't a problem. It, it, was, it, it was good in a way. It's like, well, let's just use all three. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah and a year in, we're still doing it. And, mm. and I don't think we've even thought about changing that. It's no, it's, yeah. that's great. It, yeah. yeah, that's really cool. And it's, you know, it's a part of the whole... You know, this local food movement, it can be used as a catchphrase or whatever, and people say, you know, we support local and, and whatever it is. But you know just using local milk supplies the benefits roll on from just you guys being able to get quality it's Mm -hmm. just feeding back into the community as much as possible and it's sort of I think people are starting to realise the importance of it and that it is sort of the future of sustainable agriculture for people Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing yeah Yeah, and and Mm -hmm. there's probably not not like risky to do that but we we definitely felt like a lot of people kind of being like oh using that milk because it is it's so much more expensive mm. but it's not even like for us it was never a kind of question of that so I think we've also got to sort of uh, kind of role model what we want to see and so if that means that the coffee needs to cost 50 cents more a cup but um, but you've, you've got all that information about the milk and that story and everything then like there's that was never a kind of a choice for us or anything that mm. we were going to kind of compromise on Mm. Um, and it's like the kind of thing that you would like to see a lot of places put into place. Mm. Yeah, if if the price of coffee goes up by fifty cents across the board because everyone's sourcing better milk, like then that's a good thing. Yeah, exactly. And I think that you know, there's some people that do care about the price of their coffee, and they will go to places because it's cheaper. But then, not mm. the type of people who come to a place like Barrio, you, you you've created yeah. an environment here where people want to support you because they know that you're doing the right thing yeah uh, Yeah. in every every step of the way as well so you know the 50 cents extra of my cost because of the milk or the coffee is isn't isn't an issue for them and that's that's how i treat you know hospitality when i go out to eat and stuff as well so yeah yeah that's a cool thing um we'll quickly change direction a little bit and i want to just ask you about the menu um maybe dan when you were putting together the menu obviously it's a small menu and it, it suits perfectly the space and you know just getting nice quick small 
small snacks and, and, and different different things but it's it's an interesting menu as well like how did you go about developing the idea behind the menu and it was all of us um, at the all beginning yeah yeah and I should mention Catherine Tran who Catherine was our Nash. first chef yeah mm-hmm. um, I think early on we were confused of what we could actually do in this space yeah. and we've far exceeded everything mm-hmm. we thought we could have done in this mm-hmm. space um, even beyond the events the day-to-day menu is stuff that we were pretty sure at the beginning we wouldn't be able to do here, um, but through you know a bit of experience and having Cat on board, uh, you know, training us all, we were able to achieve you know more substantial dishes, bigger plates than what we thought with you know beef ingredients, lamb, roasted mm. chickens, like everything you know, and just finding a way to prep and service that, um, mm. and then in such small amounts I too, know. it kind of makes it easier, you know, like we're just turning it over. It's a lot of legwork and market runs and and deliveries <laughs> and you know fridge space is always uh you know is tight here but um it's forces you know to have fresh produce all the time and and find different ways of cutting down the size of things so pickling and um confing veg and, and things like that have become uh the focus of the menu you know for for numerous i mean we love that sort of food anyway but also because that's what we have to do to make it work you know yeah, cool. take seasonal produce and cut it down to it's sort of like the finest uh flavors and the amount that we need you know is, is pickling is coffee mm. yeah um but as far as like the the design i think we looked at when we opened it was winter the first one yeah and i, I think we you know we went for the you know winter warmers and we went for a few things like that like we we wanted to be pretty bread heavy at Mm -hmm. the start and have gluten-free options but i think things had to come out on bread at the start and and we're still doing that a little bit but um and then just have big flavors on that you know so so we're talking about toast slabs and uh things like that maybe over salads but Mm -hmm. um cat really helped us sort of design a menu that veered away from that a little bit in certain Mm -hmm. areas that still still worked as a as cafe fare that wasn't just toast you know exactly so, yeah. yeah it's it's interesting because you can go to some other larger cafes and sometimes the menus tend to all amalgamate and sort of look look the same yeah in a lot of in, in a lot of large places which is fine yeah. and they all do they all do different things differently mm. but here you you do see ingredients here that you don't see at other cafes which i find mm. interesting and you and, and it might be partly out of necessity and it might yeah. be part out, out of what you guys are interested in and what cat was mm. interested in when she started here because you know her experience falls yeah. beyond just cafe cafe yeah. Work yeah. as well yeah. um but like the dish that we shot for the book the uh the beef terrine on toast as a as a, as a component of a, a breakfast dish is, is something mm. interesting because it's a it's a traditional tradition traditional thing that beef terrine and but to put it together as a, as, as a breakfast thing do you want to tell us actually a bit about that dish yeah i think it was uh, yeah early on we wanted um to have uh, one dish on the on the menu that would be kind of meaty and and warming and so for the winter the first menu it was like marrow butter on toast mm. and then we spun through a few and then i think uh, late last year was when the terrine came on um, and it was a way of taking beef shins like a big bulky cut that's kind of on the cheap side but full of flavour and something that needs a bit of love and a bit of work mm-hmm. and then we could 
send it out as like a, a it, I mean, it's on toast still. It's a, it's a simple sort of dish in a way, but it's got a lot of us in it. Mm. In a, you know, it took a lot of work to braise and get that right and to the butcher to cut it right for us. And, um, and, a, and a bit of a spin on egg on toast, you know, to have another layer of flavor in there that was kind of a little bit whack, had lots of lemon in it and stuff. So um, it ended up being pretty popular sort of dish. And we, yeah. we served it really simply, like plated, you know, a little, little bit of tomato and stuff. And, and Kat really helped design, you know, in my head, that dish would have been probably just a mess on a plate. Mm. And she plated it and it looked great, you know, it came out well. So, um, But in the end, you know, just something, I guess it's kind of a heavy element that we really wanted to have, like meat and egg on toast mm. uh, here. And, and it's typically been one of our most popular items. Yeah. Is we've replicated that dish in, in every menu since, but spun it every single yeah, time. Okay. And I think a lot of our menus starting to do that now, just mm. as we find a, a, little, a little bit of our own identity to throw on things. Mm. But we break away from it a bit, but that one, that dish has kind of stayed the mm. same in a way, yeah. Well, it, it's definitely a reflection of what you were saying before about executing stuff that is possible to do within this yeah, kitchen yeah. because you can prep it beforehand. And yeah. When it comes to service, it, it's not too much work to put it mm -hmm. together yep. and put on a plate and mm -hmm. send out to a customer. Yeah, prep heavy service light has yeah. been something that, yeah, Kat and, and I had to work on hard at the start to just make that happen in this space, you know? That oven works non-stop. It's pretty much yeah. on 160 all day, every day now, yeah, which is kind of cool. <laughs> ah, very good. Um, guys, is there anything else that you, you, you've got plans? Have you got any plans, any more events coming up or anything you want to talk about for Barrio in the future? We, we do we do have plans for, mm. like, the, the business itself. I guess we're, we're putting a... Uh, we're currently kind of in the process of setting up a roastery. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which we, we've bought, we've got a vintage probat on the way from Germany. Wow! Yeah. Well, hopefully on the way yeah. from Germany in the <laughs> next little while. Um, yeah, and that's kind of to like consolidate what we're doing here. I guess yeah, cool. like we need to um, sure up that roasting and, and yep. it'd be good to have another spot. Yeah, yeah. you'd always want. Yeah. You, you always yeah. want to have your own. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and in terms of events, I don't think we've got anything. Like we've got events we want to do. Um, we haven't got any dates locked in, but yeah. we'll, we'll definitely along the same lines, kind of a few more wine nights and yeah, yeah. and things like that. Well, there's yeah, so much yeah. available here in Canberra. There's you know the possibilities are endless. Yeah, there's so yeah, many yeah. good wineries around yeah, here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, distilleries, breweries, yeah, and producers that you know if you if you're just going to shine a light on a local product, it, it, there's there's so yeah, much out there yeah. that you can do. That's yeah, yeah, we've definitely got lots of ideas and we've been in a pretty, like especially since Kat left, we've been in a pretty good stage of just sort of the daily running of this place, adjusting after she, she left and um, and so it's been nice to have a breather from those kind of events because, yeah, there's, there's so many of them, yes. there's so <laughs> many possible ones and we've got so many half-formulated ideas with different people yeah. and... Yeah, we kind of know what it takes to put those events on, but it also, like when we've got lives outside of the cafe, it's nice to have some good solid months of just day in, day out, which is yeah. enough. There's some hours <laughs> put into the day-to-day -day of sure. this yeah, place, yeah. 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 So, and, and adding stuff onto the top of that, like it's exciting and we're always talking about it. We've always, everyone's got an idea mm. and we all stand behind that, but it's yeah. hard to actually kind of push forward it's sometimes. the challenge of yeah. everyone in hospitality I think yeah. everyone's yeah. got ideas and things they want to do it's just finding the time to do it and yeah. stuff a lot of yeah. the time so yeah. anyway alright guys we'll leave it there thanks for talking to me no, no worries. Worries. Thanks. Well, thank yeah. you thanks guys
Thanks for listening to my chat with Dan, Sam and Duncan from Barrio in Braddon. If you want to get more info about what they do, you can find them on Facebook and on Instagram at BarrioCC. If you want more of these podcasts, you can get the whole Capital Cookbook 3 season of the Quicksand Food Connection on iTunes and on Stitcher, or you can go to our website, quicksandfood.com, where they're all available. If you want to find us on social media, we're at Quicksand Food on Facebook and on Instagram. Thanks so much for listening to this conversation, and we'll catch you again next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.